Hey everyone, just one question this week, and it comes via email from Tyler White. Hey guys, love listening to your show. You make my hour plus drive to work tolerable. You have my sympathy, Tyler. I remember those days. Those were the worst. Oh. Not to drive home. The... I'm going to rewind that and say, thanks, Tyler. <laughs> anyway, I was wondering if y'all had any favorite music or artists related to or inspired by horror movies you'd recommend. I listen to a lot of Ice Nine Kills who have a ton of songs based on horror films and books. Highly recommend. Give them a listen if you haven't already. Thanks for reading and keep on recommending awesome movies on the show. Thanks, Tyler. I'm going to start because I only have one and I'm not going to suddenly come up with one later because I was surprised <laughs> I had this one. And the only one I could think of was Harley Poe. Um, they, in particular, they, they've had some very horror-themed songs and there's one in particular called Gorehound that I really love mm. that I've listened to many, many, many times over the years. How about you, Zena? I actually have none, so I'm going to be relying on you guys. How about you, Megan? Uh, obvious ones that I'm assuming if Tyler listens to Ice Nine Kills, then probably already knows the Misfits because I feel like most of their mm. stuff is horror movie related. Uh, Necromantics, mm. uh, Grave Diggers. I, I feel like Xena mm. would know them based on the Demon Knight soundtrack. They're a hip, like retro 90s hip hop oh. band that did a lot of horror <laughs> clipping with a period. Hip-hop also does dips into horror. If you like gore, then Lordy. They were on Eurovision, but they're definitely, like, fully decked out in horror. And they also had a horror movie called, I think it was Dark Floors. So definitely also horror. And then, you know, Ghost and Alice Cooper, which don't sing about horror, but it's close enough. So, yeah, I feel like that's a good start. Nice. See, and I... Yeah, I could have gotten Alice Cooper. That was literally yeah, the only could've. other band that I've heard of. And I love Alice Cooper. Trash was one of my favorite CDs growing up. The more you know. Speaking of favorite <laughs> CDs growing up, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And help us discuss the disgusting. You know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting. Horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infant love for the genre. Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe it'll be things that'll make you smile too. I'm going to tell you what's been filling my heart this week. Wonderful. Woohoo! And I started out with Xena's pick for me, 2015's Be My Cat, which I listened to, or I listened to, uh, I listened to and watched on Tubi. An aspiring filmmaker goes to shocking extremes to convince Hollywood actress Anne Hathaway to star in his film. All right, Zena, why this one? Because you said that you like found footage movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's set some standards, I think. But this one, I mean, this one made me feel dirty, so I just, I had to recommend it. So sorry. Uh, Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, it, it's... This is a, t it was a tough watch. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot in the way that Creep is a tough watch yeah. because of the, the reality of it. Like it, it was too easy to imagine that this guy is a real person. Ooh. And not only that, but just, uh, and uh, I guess along with Creep, the, the, the innocent, not innocent playfulness is so much more dis 
disturbing because it's almost like what reality is this guy in mm-hmm. you, you know and, and like and you hear horror stories obviously like celebrities of all levels have talked about like stalkers and well women in general some dude slide into their dm with just creepy ass shit um so it, it makes me really curious if Anne hathaway's seen this I, I would think someone must have told her. Like, I, you kind of wonder. Yeah. Like, um, that they just kind of pulled her name. This guy pulled her name out of a hat. Well, not out of a hat because it makes sense within the, the the plot itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there is some really disturbing parts in it. Early on, arguably one of the most disturbing parts is something that I would think actors would understand. Not not being an actor myself, the. When the when he's inter, when he's talking to the first girl or interviewing her and she he's telling her okay, you have to pretend like you're on the phone and walk away, but don't let me get within a meter of you. Mm-hmm. And then she keeps doing it and he keeps laughing at her like you're a terrible actress. Why can't you do this? She's like, well, tell me how I'm supposed to do it. And he goes, I can't tell you how to do it. You have to figure it out for yourself. Like that sounds like something that would really happen to actors and actresses. Yeah. Like, listen, I know that you're doing this wrong, and I'm not going to tell you how to do it right. <laughs> She's like, oh my god. And then there's a very disturbing moment when something really disturbing is happening later. And he's just, he's holding a laptop, kind of bopping to a song during this disturbing thing, like just happy and giddy. And, and I, you know, and all credit, it was, it was really good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like I didn't, no, I didn't enjoy it at all, but it was really good. Yeah. Uh, it was very difficult to watch, but the the actor, director, uh, writer of it, he encapsulated uncomfortable, unhinged so well. Mm-hmm. It was hard not to watch him. Like it wasn't as cringy as I thought it would be, because I thought that he did such a great job of doing what he was doing, mm-hmm. and because he was only talking to a camera instead of a cameraman. Right. I think like in Creep, it's added uncomfortable because he's talking to an actual other person. Mm-hmm. But in this, he's just talking to a camera and, who is, serves as a proxy for Anne Hathaway. But and Just real quick. So right after I recommended this to you, I tweeted mm-hmm. about it on Twitter and the director, yeah. he found it. And there were people who were they they asked him, like, did Anne Hathaway see this? And he basically oh. said that. Um, that she's aware of it, but they don't know mm-hmm. if she actually like watched it. And then another thing I will say too, when I first watched it, I had the same thought as you, like, because he didn't, he didn't seem too bad in the beginning. He just seemed yeah. like a fan, you know? And then it yeah. just, it just gets darker and, and darker with time. And it's just like, I just, I just recommend if you haven't seen it, um, just to be patient with it, you know, mm-hmm. because it, You'll see some stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just leaving it at that. But I'm glad you watched it. <laughs> oh, I wasn't necessarily looking forward to it because I I'm, I was aware of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'd just never seen it before. And But the story arc itself, kind of like said, the way it started, you're like, oh, okay. And the way it ended, you're kind of like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, didn't didn't really see that happening, but I'm cool with it. Like, it was, it, it was cool. I thought... Again, I thought it was really good, and he slightly terrifies me, so I don't want to say anything bad about him. <laughs> I don't want to be his next cat. <laughs> Same. And I also watched Megan's Pick, 2019's the first two episodes of Mary Ann, available on Netflix. Ooh. 
When a famous horror writer goes back to her hometown, she finds out that the evil spirit that plagues her dreams is also there in real life. I mean, just because I always ask, why this one, Megan? Because you needed it in your life. It's so scary. <laughs> it's so genuinely scary. Uh, so I, I, I did watch the English dubbed version. I probably okay. wouldn't have even looked for it if Xena didn't mention that they had the dubbed version because with Netflix, you kind of have to go deep mm-hmm. in the audio options. And I don't understand why dubbing and subtitles are so far apart in mm-hmm. some scenes. Like there's one, you know, there's a scene at the kitchen table mm-hmm. where there's clearly an argument amongst the, the, the daughter and the parents and the mom says something along the lines of like, okay, is this all settled? And the voiceover, the dubbing says, yes, the subtitles say no. That's very strange. Like how far apart some of this stuff is. Like, why not just have the person who dubs it read the subtitles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That is bizarre. Uh, anyway, that being my my gripe. Th- this this is right up there with like Haunting of Hill House, like M- M- Midnight Mass. Like as far as a serialized horror story rooted in a real world with supernatural it's fantastic it is so good um particularly more than anything that freaking woman that old woman Mm -hmm. oh my god she (laughs) is the most disturbing old woman since it like it, it is she especially and like i i can't get the image out of my head because it's both equal parts unsettling and effing brilliant <laughs> in the hole. All of a sudden, you're looking down in a hole <laughs> and something's looking back. And it's, but it's played so matter of fact that it's almost more disconcerting. Just these big, eye, oh my God. If you haven't seen it, I'm trying <laughs> not to spoil like this moment because it's not a jump scare, but it's all of a sudden like, what? <laughs> like, it just yeah. is. It's this thing. The, the, the 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 mastery of visual scares and the visual storytelling and horror is on point in this. Like this is a show don't tell in a lot of ways that horror has a really hard time not expositing. And I know in a series you can get away with not expositing so much, even though unless you're Mike Flanagan and you like, want to give your characters nice monologues. Yeah. I have not found a monologue particularly in this yet. Um, so, yeah, it's it's dark and you're not sure what's going on. And just the visuals. Uh, I almost didn't want to talk about it this week because I, I want to watch the rest. But I'll do that on my own time. But, yeah, that's it's good. And it's another one. I, I wouldn't I probably wouldn't. It was a reader. It, well, I thought it was a reader. And sometimes it's just hard for me to do readers because I'm working at the same time. But man, you effed up Netflix. Couldn't give them a second season. You know, that's the, that's the weird thing too. Like I always wanted there to be like a second season. And Mm then, um, but, but I noticed that there's like a split with people. There are people who are like just happy that it's ended just like with that, just with that one season. But I feel like, the, where they leave us for me because i'm i'm nosy it's like you want from me i just really really wanted to know more yeah and like 
I don't know. I'm still hoping that maybe one day, somehow, who knows, you know, they'll come back around. But if not, I mean, at least we have this series and it's fun to rewatch. Yeah. I, I, think, for- I was just gonna say, I think there's enough closure to where you can be okay with season one. Definitely. I wanted more, but at least mm-hmm. it's not like ending on massive loose dangling threads that we'll never right. get back. So, you know, Silver lining, I suppose. So it's kind of like the end of Watchmen, where it's like, yeah, they totally mm-hmm. could have done a second season, and I'm entrenched in the camp of do not give us a second season. Right. Because I loved the storytelling so much, and the note that they ended on, I'm like, no, don't. Please don't give us answers right now. Let us just have this amazing thing that you created. I'll be curious to see how I feel once I watch the entire season of Marianne. Um, but yeah. But also knowing that it could have been a second season. I don't even know if Watchmen was ever even intended to be a second season. Yeah. When they were writing it. So good picks this week. Yay. So what did you watch, Megan? I watched Neon Maniacs. This was released (laughs) in 1986. It's on Tubi. That's where I watched it. This one, a group of teenagers in San Francisco discover a nest of homicidal monsters living in... They're not living in a tower. They're under the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, But when they try and tell (laughs) authorities, nobody believes them. Um, This this is kind of a mess that I like. It's not the most thrilling. It's definitely, like, ambitious because there are... It almost feels like I'm watching a Hasbro cartoon in horror movie form, you know, where in the 80s it was, like, uh, G.I. Joe and He-Man and all of these others where there's so much more characters than there are in the show. And it's because it's, like, a vehicle to sell the toys. So there's all this backstory that never really makes it into these cartoons. I kind of feel like that's the case with Neon Maniacs. Um... And it's kind of interesting because you have these split protagonists. You've got this young teen. She's probably supposed to be 14. Really, In reality, she's like a 20-something playing this 14-year-old. And she loves <laughs> horror movies. She loves horror. She's kind of the, um, what is his character? The Tom, young Tommy Jarvis in part mm-hmm. four. So that's kind of her same thing, where she's a huge horror fan, and that gives her a leg up. And then you have one of the teens, which was the only one to survive the opening kind of massacre. All of her friends are out at this park, and they all get attacked and killed. And nobody believes her. They think that they went missing. So the whole movie, she's getting harassed. Like, where's our kids? And you don't see that very often. And I kind of admire that about this messy movie, is that there's there's a little bit of a survivor's guilt angle happening there. Um, but yeah, it's it's wacky. I, I I always like this movie because it's an ambitious mess and there's so much that, that I wish I want to know. I want to know why these maniacs showed up and they chose San Francisco under a bridge where there's water. I was, was going to ask you. <laughs> it's their weakness. Their weakness is water. What are you doing, guys? You chose a terrible spot for that. Um, well, why the aliens show up in signs? Yeah, why did they? I don't know. It's a similar concept. Maybe Neon Maniacs is really in the signs universe, vice versa. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a bit of a, a mess. And it does. It, it's just strange. It's it's one of those mesmerizing messes for me. You know, why does the whole finale take place at a battle of the bands? Why, why are they Neon <laughs> why <not>? Maniacs when <laughs> there, are, there are no there's no neon except for when they get to the battle of the bands? Is that why? I don't know. 
Um, and a movie that makes more sense and is definitely faster paced and a whole lot of arterial spray. I watched Project Wolf Hunting, which is now available on Screenbox. It was released uh, earlier this year, I think on VOD. And this one is essentially, what if Con Air and Jason Takes Manhattan had a baby? <laughs> um, yeah, so this one is a bunch of dangerous criminals. They are sent on a cargo ship. They decide to coordinate a massive uh, mutiny slash jailbreak. Um, but there's there's other things involved that um, it's a complete bloodbath, basically, on this ship. So, yeah, it's fun. If you like Carnage, this delivers and then some. And it's a blast. Yeah, Zena, I see you post about this earlier today. You called it like Conair meets the summit or the suffering. The sadness. Yeah. Or I the think, sadness. I mean, yeah. I don't remember when, if I watched it this year. I, th- I guess it was earlier this year or maybe last year. I don't remember. It, life has been a blur. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Time has no meaning. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to check it out now. Well, yeah. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> What'd you watch, Zena? Uh, so I checked out The Night Shift, a.k.a. The Grotastic Mansion, a.k.a. Ghost Mansion from 2021. A.k.a. Yeah, it has so many titles. It's the weirdest thing. So I was trying this new streaming service called, I don't think it's new, but it's new for me, called Viki. And it was available for free under a different name. But then I was like, God, this sounds familiar. And I remember on Tubi, I had it in like my queue. Um, and it's called The Night Shift. So it's just like, oh, okay, whatever. Anyway, so um, yeah, if you want to watch, we'll just call it The Night Shift. It's available on Tubi. So this one is about a horror webtoon artist. He goes to visit this mansion. We'll just call it like an apartment complex. And he hears like these spooky stories from this man who's known as The Keeper. So yeah, he's um, doing some research for a project and um, he notices or he he put together that the tenants who used to live in this apartment, that they have gone missing. You know, no one knows what happened to them throughout the years and it's just people are just ignoring it, whatever the case may be. So it's been a while since I've watched like an anthology, especially one that I like really was like, yippee, that means that I love it. So I watched this one night, like at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And oh my God, this movie gave me chills. I was creeped out. I was scared. And I love that for me. I was so excited. (laughs) Don't you love when that happens? I do. We love that for you too. Yeah, but seriously, there's a there's a lot of jump scares in this one. Um, I feel like the stories are very creative. And I'm not going to lie, when I used to live in an apartment, there's a couple of stuff that happens that's always been a fear of mine. Oh, no. So, yeah, um, never going back. But yeah, it's just it's cool <laughs> just to see that it was done. I can't even like rate all of the segments because I loved all of them and I love the wraparound story. So, yeah, if you want to check out like a fun horror anthology you should check this one out it's available on tubi and then i needed a good laugh so i checked out children shouldn't play with dead things from 1972 on amazon so they are there are these six friends they decide to dig up a corpse go to an abandoned island and just have a satanic ritual for fun um <laughs> yay <laughs> yeah admit uh, it you know people who would do that no i don't <laughs> no no, who would do that? I, I just oh man, to... is this like that game where that if you're playing poker and you can't figure out the sucker, it's you? Like, is it just me? Am I the, the, am I the one who would do this? The face says, "Yeah, it's you." Yeah, like nah. no, who would do that? Um, but this is directed by Bob Clark. I really, you know, love his movies. Besides him, like Death Dream and you know Black Christmas, this is one of my favorites. Um, 
plus you know there's zombies a ritual cult so i'm in it's, so it's yeah, your movie yeah it is it's kind of like scooby-doo but not or scooby-doo <laughs> and hell oh, oh that's scooby-doo where they kids. dug up the corpse that's right yeah, they're they're all kids. the time yeah, yeah. but no <laughs> um so yeah this one's also kind of rated like a horror comedy and but i'm not gonna lie like so i remember when i first watched this as a kid um I thought parts that was not funny, funny, and then what was supposed to be funny didn't make me laugh, you know? There's this one particular part. It's towards the end. I don't... I mean, this movie's old. Would it matter if I spoiled it? No. No, the statute okay. of limitations has ended. All yeah. right, yeah. So, pure chaos just happened. The dead has risen, and they are just attacking everybody. They want brains. They're eating people. And then... <laughs> There, this guy who's just terrible. Laugh riot right now. Because, because this guy who's just so horrible. What's his name? Alan? He's horrible. He decides to push this girl named Anya with the zombies. The zombies are shocked. Like, they look <laughs> when they see, like, but I mean, they still eat her anyway. But it was just like, oh my, is this not your friend? Like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's a good time. Maybe I'm immature that I'm laughing at this movie, but I really like but it. So if you like zombies funny. too. Yeah. So you're Check not immature. Out. You laughed because you're supposed to laugh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why I, I enjoyed out. the amount of contempt that you had for the man's name. <laughs> the name Alan? <laughs> Alan the Betrayer? He was terrible. <laughs> Ah. All right, before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I watched 2015's Be My Cat, which is available on Tubi, and 2019's Marianne, the first two episodes of Marianne, which is available on Netflix. I watched Neon Maniacs on Tubi and Project Wolf Hunting on Screenbox. I checked out The Night Shift on Tubi and Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things on Amazon. Nice. All right, homework time. Megan, you're up first. Uh, get duped on Prime Video. Have I? I haven't assigned you that yet. Have I? Get duped? No. Get I, I'm duped, not even... as in D U K E D! Exclamation point. Oh, with the exclamation point. Oh, I thought it was with a <laughs> there was just a period at the end of it. No, like, ah. oh, there there is an exclamation point. Uh, yeah, I am not. I'm not even familiar with this one. If you guys have oh, talked perfect. about it, I apologize. I've talked, but probably not in the. It's, years ago i feel like it's been a while since i've i've brought this up so we've watched a lot of movies uh did you say it was on prime yeah okay <laughs> and you <Zena>? know <laughs> i swear <laughs> i'm not being lazy but um do you want to watch project wolf hunting on Screenbox? <laughs> sure okay why not there you go it's the incentive he needed yeah uh, you know some again like i've said this over and over again sometimes i literally just need someone to tell me to watch a thing and this is that a very specific scenario where someone tells me to watch something and i actually have to okay They're like oh you totally need to watch whatever <laughs> i'm like ah no, yeah, I'll just, you know, Megan just watched it. I'm like, ah, oh, well, I didn't, you know, do my homework, so I'm just gonna copy, you know. No, no. Okay. Is this one subtitled? Yes, it is. Ah, three in a row. All right, that's fine. You got. This. I'll manage. It's fine. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So, what's going on, Megan? 
A lot of stuff. Uh, I don't think we've <laughs> talked about Beetlejuice 2, though, yet. We so we're going we're gonna to talk about Beetlejuice 2. Uh, Warner Brothers has officially set a theatrical release date of September 6, 2024. So next year. For Beetlejuice 2, it's the sequel to Tim Burton's 1988 film. Plot details are tightly guarded as of now, uh, but we do know the cast keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it's getting yes. more and more impressive. So... Uh, Jenna Ortega was in Wednesday as Wednesday Adams, and clearly Tim Burton was like, I'm fond of you because she's going to be playing Lydia Dietz's daughter. And I mean, if anyone was going to, come on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she's joining Michael Keaton, who will be back as Beetlejuice, yes. along with uh, Winona Ryder and Catherine O'Hara. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, they have added Monica Bellucci. Uh, she's going to be mm. playing Beetlejuice's wife, so he clearly married hot. Chicks dig a sense of humor. That's all I can say. Yeah, good job, Beetlejuice. Uh, Willem Dafoe is speculated to be playing a law enforcement officer in the afterlife, and Justin Theroux is going to be—I don't know who he's going to be. That we don't know. He's going to be there. He's going to. He's going to be. Doing the Justin Thoreau thing, I guess, because uh, we don't yeah. have any character details for him as of yet. Um, and Danny Elfman is coming back to compose the film score. So oh, it's a mix wonderful. of, yeah, mix of returning players and brand new ones to this film. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about it um, because we have over a year before it's expected in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um Big news on the Bloody Disgusting front. Uh, Cinedime, the parent company of Screenbox and Bloody Disgusting, they're partnering partnering with he- horror heavyweight Tony DeRosa Grund, the creator of the Conjuring franchise, uh, to develop The Haunted. It's going to be a whole new horror franchise. The Haunted franchise starts with one family's dark and terrifying real-life preternatural experiences, which intersect with historical facts and legends surrounding a young pregnant woman accused by her own father of being a witch. That convergent convergence places the family in impending mortal danger. DeRosa Grund, who previously wrote the original story for The Conjuring, named it and created the roadmap for that franchise, aims to emulate that prior success by similarly building the haunted universe through sequels, historical prequels, and spinoffs. Uh, the franchise's initial focus will be on real-life events experienced by multi-generational family under siege from malevolent and extremely violent supernatural forces. The haunting also forecasts fo- forecast, forecast is a word, focuses on an ex- its extremely rare circumstances which occurred when the living persons involved suffered significant and repeated real physical harm, even death from these dark forces that plagued them. So, yeah, huge, huge undertaking in the works. New paranormal franchise on the way awesome Ooh. stuff yeah and then news that i know that cena and i will be very excited have you seen the platform yet john on Netflix? i have seen the platform you have yeah. okay so maybe all three of us will be excited about this um so the platform delighted and grossed out netflix audiences in 2020 making for the streaming services most popular spanish language film in netflix history last week uh netflix unveiled via twitter that a sequel is much closer than anticipated or if you didn't know that at all hey surprise there's a sequel on the way with uh, <laughs> some new images the images aren't much although mm-hmm. If you're familiar, you'll recognize these very barren prison cells. It's mostly like, here's a look at some interesting new characters. Um, If you aren't familiar, the platform is twisted social allegory about mankind at its darkest and hungriest. That's what Netflix's description of the original film reads. Um, And it definitely lives up to that promise. The film is set in a vertical prison system where inmates are assigned a, a level. 
and forced to ration food from a platform that moves between floors. Uh, inmates on the highest floors eat better than those below because all they get is scraps by that point. And one man tries to affect change so that everyone gets enough, um, which makes for a pretty gruesome and often gag-inducing horror satire. So we don't know anything about the Platform 2's plot, but I'm sure it's going to be more of the same, but bigger, grosser, meaner, possibly. So yeah, the original writer-director returns for the sequel, which also stars uh, Melina Smith, and she's going to be in an upcoming Spanish horror film later this month on Netflix called Tenantina, and Hovik Kukarian, uh, who was in the show called The Night Manager. So no release dates yet, but I'm sure that's on its way. See, and this is more of why I don't understand Netflix. Yeah. It's nothing against the platform. It's mm-hmm. a good movie. But why is why is that getting a sequel? First of all, like, I didn't even necessarily think it was, like, when, when I saw it, I was like, oh, there's this, wait, a sequel? Why are they doing a sequel? Like, that seemed like a strange choice in the first place. But, like, we were just talking about with, like, Marianne. Like, no, it didn't make enough money. I'm like, well, how much money did the platform bring in? Well, I remember people... Yeah, I remember for that one was like, not saying that Marianne wasn't, I don't remember, but that one, I remember everybody was watching that movie when it first came out. And oh, I mean, was it? Okay. And I, I mean, it did come out of nowhere, you know, but I'm not going to lie. Like the movie did stress me out, but I'm going to yeah. watch it, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited. It could be very surprising for us. And plus it just felt like there was more to tell, especially with that ending, you know? Yeah. But again, that's kind of the sort of ending that I dig where I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Probably TV is a lot harder budget wise than that could a be too. Movie. Also, I don't know how much international numbers factor into it. Like Marianne is a French show. Mm-hmm. How did its audiences receive it over there yeah. where it probably matters the most versus us? So sure. yeah, I'm sure the, that's all the different factors. But yeah, the platform was a movie that everybody was going gaga for. Yeah, and I suppose, yeah, budgetarily speaking, an episodic versus, you know, really as sparse as the platform was, like, the financials just might make more sense. Plus, if it's especially huge over in Spain or anything like that, yeah, then I don't know. I'm not behind the curtain. I'm just speculating and, you know. Be like, why? Why no Marianne? Why? Why? Tell, answer me, Netflix. I know you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, your turn. Do you find yourself strange and unusual? Would you have been able to resist the panna cotta? That's right. John Cena movie that Zena and Megan already have. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is in the show notes too, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Well, we have a very light week, um, but you can subscribe to Screenbox. I won't yell at you this week uh, if you're not subscribed. <laughs> but it's next okay. week, maybe. Maybe next, next week. week though. Oh, I'll be next feeling week. spicy next week. So yeah. I might be screaming at you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. Uh so by the time this episode airs on the 16th, tomorrow, Malum will be available on VOD. I have not checked out this movie because it was not playing in theaters around me. And I don't know <laughs> why. And I'm looking for someone to complain to. But this one follows a rookie <laughs> cop. Um, who takes the last shift at a newly decommissioned uh, police station in an attempt to uncover the mysterious connection between her father's death and a vicious cult. Then on Friday the 19th, we have the supernatural horror consecration. It'll be available on Hulu. Um, 
I don't, I can't even remember if I watched this or not, but you know, I guess I'll have to wait and watch it on Friday again and I'll let you guys know. And okay. then also motion detected. Um, it'll be available on VOD when a recent victim of, of a terrifying home invasion moves to what she thinks is a safe house. The smart home security system begins to take over her life. I've been loving these smart house movies, you know? <laughs> So exciting. I don't. I don't even have an Echo or an Alexa in my house. <laughs> Me so. neither. That's why I've been loving it. So, <laughs> next up on uh, Tuesday the 23rd, we have the found footage horror anthology VHS 99. You'll be able to own this on Blu-ray or DVD, so you might want to add that to your collection. Then we have the experimental folk horror, Ennis Men. This will be available on DVD and Blu-ray as well. Mm. This one is set in 1973, where uh, wildlife volunteers, her daily observation of a rare flower turns into a metaphysical journey that forces her, as well as the viewer, to question what is real and what is a nightmare. And then finally, we have Walking Against the Rain. This one is set six months after the biblical play. Play, excuse me, has fallen upon the world, and two strangers are navigating across the landscape in search of finding each other. And the only way they they can communicate is with a two soon to die battery operated radio mic system. So yeah, either they find each other and live happily ever after, or they just die. So that's what we have. <laughs> Yay. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. Hi, Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody.